Today we're going to be talking about the horrors happening in labs around the world. This podcast is brought to you by Laura Lee Productions. So do you have a message you want to get out? Have you thought about podcasting? I can help you create a great podcast or take your podcast to the next level. Check out lauraleeproductions.com. All right, so welcome back. It's Friday, September the 13th. It's kind of late in the evening. Today was kind of a crazy day, so I'm getting to recording this a little bit late. Fall is in the air. I made pumpkin cream cheese cookies this week. It's officially fall and I do actually really love this season. Now there is the knowledge that winter's coming, but still it's kind of my favorite time of year. It's actually raining outside right now. So maybe you're hearing some of that rain as it's hitting my windows. I'm recording um, in my sunroom, which I one of my favorite places to record. I hope you're having a great fall so far. If you didn't check out this week's episode of Church History, you really need to get over to that podcast today and check it out. It's all about Augustine, or is it Augustine? It's kind of a controversy which way you're going to say that name. Um, But this podcast is all about him. We talk about his life. We also talk a little bit about the fall of Rome. It's really a huge controversial part of church history. So go over there, check it out, Church History. Augustine Augustine episode. Now, today's episode, I'm just going to be honest with you, it's kind of horrific. And it's going to be shorter today because I was going to talk about the election and the debates. And yesterday we had the Canadian debate. There's also the Democrat debate in the States. But after I finished the research for this episode, I really felt like it just needed to stand on its own and not talk about any other topics. And it is going to be difficult for you to digest the information that I am going to be putting into this episode. I found prepping for this episode very difficult. As you listen to this story, you're going to think that can't be true. Most of us actually can't even allow ourselves to believe that horrors like this are happening behind closed doors. I've left all of my research for this project in the show notes because I really want you to be able to take a look at it for yourself and see that this is actually happening. I have talked about abortion before. Obviously, I am pro-life. But with this story, I would say to my listeners who are not against abortion, listen carefully to what is happening. Is this something you're actually okay with? This is beyond abortion. This is what the scientific community is doing after an abortion. What's happening in labs around the world? It's going to sound to you like it's from a movie or a story or something from like the eugenics lab from Nazi Germany, but it is real. And the stories I'm sharing today happened this summer while you were at the beach family gatherings, vacations, mowing the lawn, watering your flowers. In a lab somewhere, this was happening. So let me take you to the lab. So just imagine with me. You've arrived at work, you put on your white coat, head through the door into the clean lab area. You're a pathologist. 
and you're the new guy at the lab, but you're excited. This is a good lab. Lots of government grants and highly respected scientists. This is where cures will be found for the diseases that leave so many people disabled or dead. You've always wanted to make a difference, and now you are in the lab that will quite literally change the world. Things are moving so quickly with gene editing and the CRISPR science. It's a whole new frontier now, and the possibilities are endless. Of course, the religious right in America are making that more difficult. They always seem to want to stop progress. Just last night, you'd been out drinking with some of your new colleagues and talking about the amazing projects happening around the world in countries that don't have to deal with religious right. In China, they made a human monkey embryo. And in Japan, they've officially been approved to make a rat-human hybrid. The possibilities of research on these projects is enormous. Of course, the projects coming out of the university in California, those are epic too and will hopefully not be shut down now that Trump has suspended their grants. Here in America, scientists have done some pretty cool things mostly a few years ago. But now the religious anti-choice people, they're getting into government and stopping it. It's like they want little kids to die from diseases. As you walk into the lab, you're handed a paper with a checklist. You're the new guy, so you get tasks no one wants. Mostly that means you're doing clean up and gross stuff. You don't care. You know you're going to change the world. One of the scientists tells you to start. You have to deal with the box. The box? Over there. No one wants to touch it. People are avoiding eye contact with you, and the ones that do look at you actually look afraid. Uh, what is it? A bomb or something? It's, um, it's tissue. Take it out, organize it, put the parts in the trays, and then put it away. The scientist gets quiet. Look, no one wants to see it, okay? Just put it away and get the box out of here. Okay, odd. Science geeks are always kind of weird. You've been dealing with them your whole life, all the way through high school, university, and now here. Weirdos, but you love them. You go over to the box and open it. You realize you've closed your eyes, a little afraid to look in. You open your eyes, and inside, you see two tiny arms crossed. Reach in and pull them out. You look back in. It's a baby torso. A headless baby torso. You look back at the other scientists. They're all refusing to look at you. You reach in and pick up the baby body. It's a little boy. Probably around 24 weeks. He would have been about 3 pounds. Then you look in one more time. A horrified face looks back at you. The head of the baby, fully formed face, staring at you. The look of horror has been frozen on his face. It's like he was born and then a split second after being born, let out one scream, realizing he was screwed. As quickly as possible, you put the baby parts back on the trays they belong on and whisk them away out of the room. The rest of the day is a blur, and at the end of the day, you head home. You can't eat. You just need to shower and go to bed and forget this day ever happened. That night, you wake up suddenly in a cold sweat and realize you're soaking wet because you've 
peed the bed. The next day, going into work, not as exciting. Something's changed. You feel less like a world changer, more like an evil villain in a lab coat. When you walk in, you scan the room for a box. Thankfully, there's none today. You okay? Yeah. I'm glad you came back. The last guy who had a box duty, he ran out and never came back. No one knows what happened to him. Went off the grid. Not even working as pathologist anymore. How'd you sleep last night? Uh, me? Um, fine, I guess. The nightmares don't end. I still get them at least once a week. They didn't tell you this part in school, did they? This is a true story, and you can read about this pathologist in one of the links of the show notes. He really did pull out a three-pound baby, just as I described. The arms, then the torso, then the face, with the look of horror on the baby's face. He really was plagued with nightmares and peeing himself. Other scientists really did run out and never return, and others are still plagued with nightmares. But why did they have a three-pound baby boy in a box in their lab? That's a very interesting story. In labs such as STEM Express, aborted babies are delivered regularly. In some cases, the hearts are still beating. In a recent court hearing, the CEO from STEM Express admitted that in some cases they need beating hearts for their experiments. So fetuses with beating hearts are delivered. They have to dig the beating hearts out of the fetus chest. You need to stop for a minute and think about what I just said. The fetus is not in the mother's womb. This is a baby that has been delivered. And the heart is beating. So that means it's alive. In our first story, we're talking about a dead baby that had been dismembered. But in this case, we're talking about a baby with a beating heart. Why? Why? What experiments are happening? Well, in our story, we talked about Japan and China. Let's start with these two stories. Jean Carlos is in China. Clearly, that's not a Chinese name. He's come to China because the experiments he wants to do aren't legal anywhere else. For his experiment, he needs late-term aborted fetuses and monkeys. Giancarlos does what people have always wanted to do, but they've been afraid of, you know, the ethical issues. He wants to make a man monkey. He's able to create an embryo from an aborted human and a monkey and implant it into a surrogate animal. He won't cross the ethical line of allowing the fetus to be born. Instead, he watches and monitors his animal until the fetus is old enough to be able to examine. He then aborts the fetus and examines his human-monkey-hybrid dead baby. Now, Japan didn't want to be outdone by China, so they officially approved a rat-human hybrid. So in July of 2019, yes, you heard that date right, July of 2019, so at least three months ago, a geneticist named Hiromutsu Nachi started a project at the University of Tokyo. Human cells are being grown in both rat and mice embryos. They will be placed in surrogate animals and brought to full term before being terminated. Some of these horror stories have started to leak out, 
Pro-life undercover journalists have gone to these labs or have recorded conversations with people running the labs and have posted these videos online. Some of these stories have come to light because a group called White Coat Waste Project have found grants and science papers online and published them. They haven't even been hiding it, probably because no one reads scientific papers. One of these scientific papers I have in a link in the show notes. This summer in June, Trump signed a bill that ended all internal National Institute of Health experiments that used aborted human fetal tissue. This ended a $2 million contract that the University of California had with NIH. But there are still over 200 projects that are being funded. Over $115 million is being spent. And the University of California has some horror stories of its own. They spent $2 million on a project where they removed the intestines of a 24-week-old healthy aborted fetus and then transplanted it into mice. A 24-week-old fetus can survive outside the womb. We're talking a mother who was five months pregnant, killed her baby who was old enough to survive outside her body, and that tiny body was brought to a lab and its intestines were taken out and implanted into a mouse. That is a horror story you would expect to hear from Nazi Germany, not the University of California in 2019. They also took the intact reproductive tract from twin 22-week-old human fetuses and transplanted them into mice after giving the mice synthetic estrogen. 22-week-old human fetuses. Twins. And yes, it is the religious right in America that's trying to stop this. And that is, of course, something not to be ashamed of, but something to be proud of. In America, if you want to win an election and you want the Christian vote, you're going to have to be against abortion. Of course, in Canada, that's not necessary because the Canadian church has done nothing about this horror and really has no plans to do anything. Our Canadian election's underway now and there's no candidate and there's no candidate who opposes abortion. Sheer is the closest, but he's miles away. He has said numerous times he will not open the debate on abortion. Not open the debate. Not even just let people talk about it. And that's important for pro-abortion advocates. They don't want us talking about it because if we really talk about it, more people would become pro-life. I understand this isn't an easy topic, but all of us have to be able to look at these stories and know that's not okay. I have friends who have delivered babies early, like these tiny babies that we mentioned in the stories. And these tiny babies feel everything. In fact, they are more sensitive to touch, so people have to be extra careful when they touch them. So for these tiny humans to be murdered and then their body parts used for horror experiments is just not okay. And even more not okay for these tiny humans to be delivered alive to be used for these horror experiments. In our story at the beginning, our young scientist wanted to save the world, and he wondered if the anti-abortion people just want children to die. This is an argument I hear and one that's sent to me all the time. You see, these tests and these experimental projects are for a purpose. They're not just doing them for fun. They're trying to find cures for diseases. And I get that. CRISPR is not only fascinating, it may actually save the lives of my family. I'm not going to get into the private issues of our family, but there are members of our family at high risk for brutal, deadly diseases that there's currently no cure for. 
CRISPR will, I believe, be the cure for this disease. And I understand the possibilities and I don't even have a problem with CRISPR or with gene editing, although there's a ton of ethical questions that we need to have about CRISPR and gene editing. But, and a huge but, we can't as a society use our tiniest humans as guinea pigs. And if that's the only way to find the cure, then we don't get a cure. And I do understand what that means. I don't believe the only possible way to get this cure is to kill little humans and take their organs out and transplant them into rats. I just think there's got to be another way. This is going to be a shorter episode for two reasons. One, I was going to talk about some other topics, but I feel like this is one that just needs to be a topic all on its own. And two, I don't really know what else to say about this. How else can you talk about it other than how horrible and horrific this is and we need to know about it and we need to do something about it? How much more can you say? What else is there to say? To find more blogs, podcasts, or videos, go to lauraleesiemens.com.